Welcome to the podcast. I'm Max. I'm Ben. And I'm May, and we were had. Can you believe it? <laughs> there are twists and there are turns. Deflushed is a standard death. Oh, that's fun. We were had. We were. Okay, so today we are talking about the West Memphis Three. Right. This is insane. Um, so we're gonna be talking about who done it, because in my opinion, it was not the people that serve time. It's most people's opinion as well. Wow. Um, it's going to be a long one, so buckle up. <laughs> There's been some crazy new developments in this case. It is like one Rick of the recently? first. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there is one. Of, it's probably the, one of my first like favorite murders, if you will. Right. When you got into yeah. the craft of murdering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what made you consider killing a, a career? Um, the documentary Paradise Lost. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, <laughs> okay. Good, 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 and good. Paradise Lost is about this. Yes. I thought Paradise Lost was a film by like, no, a no, famous no. director. What's that? Well, Paradise Lost is a very famous book. Right. From the 1600s. That's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. That book that I've read. <laughs> totally. So you guys aren't familiar with this case uh, at all? Not in the slightest. I am not. Okay. Not in the slightest. You didn't look anything up or anything. I just want to know how like fresh eyes I were going in. I googled with, with this. West, Mem- West Memphis 3. And then I got, I was like, ah, she looks fine. <laughs> okay. It's crazy. And I want to put out like, we don't normally do this, but I just want to say to anybody listening, there's a lot of fucked up shit in this. It's graphic. It's a bummer from a lot of angles. Uh, involves child abuse and murder. So just putting that out there. So it's an official we were had bummer. Yo. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, cool. I just slap a bummer. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quite a doozy um, from literally every angle. So let's just get into it. So okay. I got a lot of my information from Paradise Lost, which is a documentary right. about the case. The Reese Witherspoon movie, Devil's Not. Wow. Uh, which sucked, by the way. Uh. And um, so <laughs> 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 Have you seen that movie? Devil's Not, no. Oh, okay. I was, like, with the I was wondering where you were going to go with Reese Witherspoon yeah, yeah. movie. Most of her yeah, movies yeah. are kind of light. Yeah. So <laughs> in this one, it's a rom-com where she falls for the Met West right. Memphis 3. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She gets into Harvard. <laughs> she gets into Harvard. Well, like it's hard. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch that movie. She has to go down to the jail in between her classes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, and also some excerpts from Damien Eccles' book, Life After Death. Pretty clever title, if you ask me. And famously, this case, the, the three guys, they were found guilty because they forgot that the cardinal rule of hair care is that you cannot get your hair wet within 30 minutes of getting a perm. <laughs> <laughs> they tripped up on the stand. They yes. tripped up on the stand. All right, guys. So the year is 1993. The town is West Memphis, Arkansas. So the town, at least at the time, uh, super small, super conservative, very, very impoverished, um, extremely religious, and uh, also not usually a good combination. No. Also, can I say? Already the first twist in the case. West Memphis, Arkansas. Right. <laughs> I, I, I was crazy. Who saw that Didn't coming? I don't know. Listen. The hits are already coming. Well, we were at, folks. <laughs> West Memphis, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I double checked it a few times because I was like, what if it's West Memphis, Tennessee? And people were like, she's already getting facts wrong this yeah. early on. Yeah. Um, and they will be quick in the comments to tell us. Oh, I'm, I'll probably get a lot of hate for this one. But anyway. Whatever. Okay, so all of this is going on. It's important to remember that this is during the satanic panic when a lot of people thought that there was literally like occult activity and Satan worshiping in the woods and all this crazy shit that people really truly believed in. Um, And so there was also a lot of uh, evangelical documentaries that came out during this time that the people in West Memphis were really tied to. They were like... They said that demon worship was a direct result of heavy metal music. (laughs) Like, just, you know, 
par for the course, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. All right, so... Um, May 5th, 1993, at 6 p.m., Chris Byers, Michael Moore, and Stevie Branch are seen riding their bikes near Robin Hood Hills in West Memphis. So that same day at 8 p.m., so two hours after that, John Mark Byers, who's Christopher Byers, one of the boys' stepfathers, calls the West Memphis police to report a missing child. Ten minutes later, an officer shows up to interview Byers. By 8.30, Byers reported later, um, he began searching the wooded area with his boy, where his boys sometimes played in the Robin Hood Hills. So it's like a really heavily wooded area. It's kind of like a, one of these places that's like a nightmare for parents, but kids always go in there because it's really dense and you can get away with a lot. But like it's an eight-year-old boy. He's, you know, Not what are they doing? Smoking like, doobs. Right. They're like playing with slingshots or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Right. Um, okay. So. That's exactly what you do. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so 9 p.m., two mothers, Dana Moore and Pamela Hobbs, called to report that their eight-year-old sons, Michael Moore and Stevie Branch, are missing. So um, the following day, Gary Gitchell, chief inspector um, of the West Memphis Police Department, announces that the three boys are missing, and he's going to be the one directing the search efforts. So the Mm -hmm. whole community is like, what the fuck? Um, How small is this town? It's actually not that small. There was, I think, 30,000 people in it. So Yeah, it's a good size. Um, so Gary's under a ton of pressure. Obviously there's like a huge case. Three young boys are missing. So he's under the freaking gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyway, so, um, let's see. So then that same day, the next day after they went, they disappeared, um, at 1 PM, the search efforts, unfortunately discovered three bodies covered, um, confirmed to be the missing eight year old boys, Stevie Branch, Michael Moore and Christopher Beyer. So I'm going to get into the state of the bodies. Mm. Okay. So um, juvenile police officer Steve Jobs spotted a boy's black shoe floating in the muddy creek that led to a major, major drainage canal in Robin Hood Hills. The, a subsequent search of the ditch revealed that um, the bodies of the three boys. So they found all three boys. There was like their bikes around. There was actually only two bikes, but it was theorized that maybe like one of them was on the back of someone else's bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the pegs. Right. So the boys had been stripped naked and they were hogtied with their own shoelaces. So it was um, right hand to right ankle, left hand to left ankle, um, which is actually something that people do in Vietnam or had done in Vietnam. So a lot of like veterans did that when they would catch prisoners. So that was sort of a theory that was someone that got back from Nam. Okay. You know, Um, their clothing was found in the creek. Some of it twisted around sticks that had been thrust into the muddy ditch bed. Um, the clothing had mostly been t- turned inside out and two of the boys underwear were never recovered. Uh, Christopher Byers had lacerations to various po- parts of his body and his penis was missing. Yeah. This is a, this is a sad this is a, Yeah, this is a tough one. It's I tough. don't like it. Um, and I'll get, there's actually more to it because like that's what the whole reason the town thought that it was like a satanic Satan. ritual. Yeah. But then it was theorized later on that a snapping turtle took it. Oh, why was I about to be like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, a snapping, a snapping turtle ate his penis. Oh, for some reason I thought that that was like a snapping turtle turtle did the murders. No, I thought it was a term (laughs) that I didn't know. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh yeah. The snapping turtle did it. Yeah. (laughs) It was was a snap. No, a literal animal. A literal animal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, the autopsies confirmed that, uh, Christopher Byers, the one who, had the mutilated genitals died of multiple injuries while Mike Moore and branch died of um, multiple injuries while drowning. So that is interesting because then it would point to maybe the person that did this would be closer to buyers and the other two just happened to be there. 
you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so police initially suspected that the boys had been raped, but then later on they found out that they did not. Um, so there was no, there was no indication that they had been raped. Okay. They were just killed, killed, killed and tied up, but drowned. Yeah. So only one drowned. No, they all drowned, but it was concluded that one of them had a bunch of injuries. Two definitely like died by drowning. Mm hmm. And then one died by the injuries inflicted. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there was no blood around the scene, which was very interesting because a lot of the, and it could have been wiped away in the river, but at the same time, like they put luminol, which I talked about in one of our first episodes. I was like, yes, everybody knows luminol. We all know luminol. Yeah. <laughs> and we were both like, we don't know that. Right. We don't know luminol. Um, but now we do. Now we do. Now we Thank do. God yeah. for that. <laughs> So there wasn't a ton of blood around there. There was like a little bit of blood along a trail, but because the injuries were so severe, like it would have been, it doesn't really add up. So then people were theorizing that they were killed in a separate location and brought there. Okay. Okay. So interesting. So right away, because of the nature of the town, because of the nature of the crime scene, a lot of these details got leaked Uh. and um, police, like not even just the public, like the police were pushing pushing this agenda. They were like, it's satanic rituals, 100%. Uh. We're not entertaining any other theories whatsoever. Like that's 100% what it is. Uh. It's a cult behavior in the area. There was like this one guy um, named Jerry Driver, who's a lot, he's like in the documentaries a lot. And he was this juvenile probation officer and he was fucking obsessed with like hunting down teenagers, like goth teenagers and be like, and being like, they're worshiping the devil. And they're like, we're going to class. Yeah. Like we're going to hot topic. I don't know. So what is it about this other than the fact that it's a craze that makes people so sure it's satanic? Yeah. Were there like runes or like like twigs arranged? We talked about the missing penis, but other than that, other than that, I mean, you know, obviously it's horrific. It's three young boys. It's, they're tied up, the missing penis. So they thought that they just jumped to this That's conclusion gotta be like it. immediately. Got to be witch. Yeah, and pretty much like really sunk their teeth into it, like right. big time. So, well, I mean, these small town police, when something like this happens, like they have to say something. Exactly. Because otherwise, people are like, well, you're not doing anything. So, like, it's a, it's the devil. Right, right. We know the devil. And people did are like, it. oh, we know that guy. Oh, yeah, that that guy's bad. Good catch. Good that catch, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and they were particularly obsessed with this one teenager in town, this guy, Damien Eccles. Um, and he was super goth. Uh, he had like long black hair, um, you know, sort of like an outsider in the town. And so a lot of the belief was that uh, he was like part of this satanic cult in the area yeah. that didn't really exist. He was um, sort of into like Wiccan and that mm, kind of thing. But like well. teenagers do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who That's among us? Who among us? <laughs> Didn't just kind of do a Dabble. little ritual. Yeah. You know? Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. You know? Wiccan is, it's like Wh- No, it's the witchcraft religion. Witchcraft. Okay. It's yeah, a witchcraft yeah. okay. religion. But like, they'll tell you, you know, Wiccans, you know, it's all about the earth. They're actually very good. I reveal slowly that I'm actually a witch. But right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, so this one guy, this guy driver, he had interacted a little bit with Damien Eccles and he was convinced that he was involved in this like satanic cult. Um, Eccles denied any connection with Satanism and he was like, I believe in practicing magic. Spoiler alert. Now he is a magician. He lives, oh. he lives in Harlem. Practicing magic. Hire like, him for your birthday yeah, party. <laughs> <laughs> but he means practicing magic as in like showmanship. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but okay. those are illusions. Well, everyone, right, illusions. Yeah. Everyone believes in practicing magic. Everyone believes magicians <laughs> exist. Yeah, because it's notably fake. 
Right, oh, well, but he's saying it's like my magic is real. Well, I think he's just saying like I believe in magic. I don't know. He's like a kid. He's a kid. He's like okay. seventeen years old. That's true. Um, I fully do believe in magic. So, oh yeah, certain tricks. No illusion. No illusion. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a neighbor, this woman named Narlene Hollingsworth, claimed that she saw Damien walking on the edge of the woods with another boy the same age, um, wait, sorry, with another boy of his same age with muddied pants. Uh So she's like, he obviously went in there and killed them and then was Mm. on the outside of the woods with muddied pants. Um, Damien's mom was like, he was at home with me all night, right? but there's no one else to corroborate that story. Mm -hmm. So they're Ah. like, obviously your mom would lie for you. So we're, they're just going, it's the whole, every part of evidence in this case, everything is just eyewitness hearsay. And then there's always said, these fuckers that want to be involved. And it's like the old lady next door. That's like, I saw him act. I literally saw him do it. She just wants right. to be part of it. Right. Oh, it's all she ready. has. Yeah. I, I'm sure. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he had a troubled past. So he spent a little bit of time in a psychi- psychiatric hospital in Little Rock where he received treatment for major depression. He was transferred to the hospital after incidents um, at a detention center that includes sucking blood from the wound of another detainee and threatening oh, to kill his father. This is before or after? Before. Okay. So the police knew about him. Ah. And they were like, this is someone who's capable of doing this. That was like their direct quote. Like, we can't prove it, but he's capable of it. So. This is the magician? Yeah. I think he's just a warlock at this point. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't become just a regular so wizard. Yeah. Um, I mean, sucking blood, that's weird. That's weird. That's, it's, admi- it's that's admittedly, weird. I'll tell you something, that's weird. Like, Goth kids are a little creepy. I mean, he was definitely weird. And like, if you see footage of him at that time and he was like on trial, just like giving people the finger and stuff, like he was a, he was a little shit. Yeah. Um, guilty though? I don't think so. Okay. Which we'll get into. But anyway, so he had a really shitty life. He lived in poverty, like beyond belief. His Mm. parents divorced early on and um, his mom remarried to this guy named Jack Eccles. And Jack forced the family to go to a a church called the Church of God, which was like the type of place that people would go in and like speak tongues and like Uh, throw olive oil on you or whatever the fuck. Yeah snakes yeah if you're speaking in tongue like start speaking in tongues and like they they all start holding snakes and if you get bit it's because you got sin what that's Mm -hmm. like there's literally a scene in the campaign with will ferrell who gets bit by a snake oh i don't know about (laughs) this (laughs) there's also a borat thing right yeah there's a borat thing as well yeah church of god pretty general yeah Yeah, the band yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) the music band (laughs) yeah so i just felt bad you just feel so bad for him when you hear about the things um he also had habits of dressing in black and listening to heavy metal music okay but he's a teen i know um he also wore uh dark clothes and express and made expressive poems and he also listened to metallica so he's Uh, obviously murdering people yeah poetry (laughs) you know that time poetry yeah walt whitman (laughs) bloodthirsty yeah he's literally guilty of being a weird goth kid yeah um okay so suspect number two i'm gonna go over the three suspects and then i'm gonna tell you guys how they all got wrapped up into this whole thing right suspect number two is a kid named jason baldwin um he was friends with eccles and both of them were social outcasts as Mm. discussed um baldwin actually did pretty well in school he's pretty smart and he didn't really join in with eccles experimentation with, with magic and wiccan um but they had a lot in common they like really bonded together and they considered each other brothers which is really cute like uh, because they were both like extremely poor and so if like one of them had money they both had money (laughs) sorry for saying (laughs) 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 
<laughs> but that's on me. That's anyway, they, they were very action. close. <laughs> and I'll get into it later. But basically, Jason is guilty of being friends with Damien. Okay. Oh, so it's really fucking shitty. And that's, that's, uh, that's it. That's nope. The third and final. Oh, suspect. no, I'm saying that's all. Oh, yeah. That's all Baldwin oh. is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Um, so the third and final suspect, Jesse Miss Kelly Jr., had little connection to Eccles or Baldwin. Um, he babysat for Vicki Hutchinson, a woman who volunteered to help the police investigate. Mm. So um, Hutchinson began to ask Miss Kelly about the case, and he agreed to introduce her to Eccles. They were like schoolmates or something. Um, so because at the point that he, she was asking him to introduce her to Eccles, he was already like a well-known suspect. Mm-hmm. The police had already been talking to him and everybody in the town was just like, yep. The weird kid did it, obviously. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it should be mentioned also that Jesse Miss Kelly has an IQ of 67. Um, so that's like not really considered functioning. Yeah. Um, Is so, that also part of the reason why they suspected him? That, like, no, they, they never really suspected him. They used him as a pawn to get Damien and Jason. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not fair. No. I'm just glad that in the year 2022 that no longer does people just say anything and then people on the internet just assume it's true. Like, I'm just glad that's not true anymore. Yeah, yeah. Where people don't just, like, say one thing and then everybody bans against that one person without actually corroborating anything. I know. Well, you know what's so crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Just makes me feel thankful. Oh, yeah. That that doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What was I going to say? Yeah, the, the... Paradise Lost documentary, the people that were making that documentary were like, we were, we thought we were going to go down there and like make a documentary about a satanic cult that killed these kids because that's all the newspapers were reporting. Like Mm, we thought that this was, it went off without a hitch and then they uncovered everything and they're like, wait, these people are like obviously wrongfully convicted. And then it became Ah. like this whole other thing that they didn't see coming. And then now spoiler alert, they're out of jail, which is like, gotta watch this doc. Oh my god, it's crazy! Gotta, gotta watch that doc. Gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta, watch that doc. Gotta watch that doc. Um, so basically, they barely know this guy Jesse. Right. He's like loosely friends with them. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about that Vicky Hutchinson lady. So that's who Jesse babysits for. Jesse, this one who doesn't have a functioning mind. Babysits yeah, that's for her. what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's so funny. He had a reading level of a uh, third grade. So hopefully he's not teaching her kids how to Blind leading the blind. Let me tell you that. Jesus. Who has that funny bit? I think Mulaney maybe about how when he was 11, his mom gave him a 13-year-old babysitter. Oh, God. That's it so might have been Mulaney. I think yeah. it was That Mulaney. sounds like a Mulaney. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Vicki Hutchinson. On May 6, 1993, before the victims were found later that same day, Hutchinson took a polygraph test exam. They were like huge on polygraph test exams back then too, which is now... Which are also known to not really be good. Exactly. They're not permissible in court now. Yeah. Um, by Detective Don Bray at the Marion Police Department to determine whether or not she had stolen money from her West Memphis employer. What? I know. What the fuck? Like, that's such a weird thing to take a polygraph test for. But anyway, so she had skin in the game to help the police is what this whole thing, the whole setup is about. To clear her name. Yeah. So Hutchinson's young son, Aaron, was also present during the polygraph test and proved such a distraction that Bray was unable to administer the, the polygraph. Aaron, who was a playmate of the murdered boys, so he's an eight-year-old boy, um, mentioned that the boys had been killed at the, quote, playhouse. Um 
When the bodies proved to have been discovered near uh, where Aaron indicated, Bray asked Aaron for further details. And Aaron claimed that he had witnessed the murders committed by Satanists who spoke Spanish. But Aaron's an eight-year-old. Exactly. And the police are like, great, who were they? And <laughs> Vicky, Vicky, Vicky. So Aaron's further statements were wildly inconsistent, obviously, because he's eight years old. Yeah. Um, there was like a bunch of crazy stuff that he said. He said at one point that he was held there, held at gunpoint by a black man in the woods. And he ah. actually dismembered the boys and like all this. And so the cops Is were Aaron like, saying that he was hanging out with the other boys? Like he was He's saying that he was just there during He was just this. there. Okay. And just like just casually racist about it. Yes, exactly. They were speaking Spanish. <laughs> one was black. Yes, <laughs> literally. I'm like, what do his parents talk about at home? Oh my Nothing God. Nothing good. Let me tell Nothing you that. Good. So um, he was like, basically, he was saying, he was like, it was definitely Eccles. It was definitely that Baldwin kid. It was definitely Miss Kelly because the police were feeding him this, obviously. And then they showed him a photo lineup and he was like pointed to like everyone who wasn't them. Yeah, good, good. And the police were like, this is basically a confession. Yeah, this we got is, him. We got him. We got him. Call the press. <laughs> um. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. So June 1st, on on or near June 1st, 1993, Hutchinson agreed to police suggestions to place hidden microphones in her home during an encounter with Eccles. Miss um, Kelly agreed to introduce, so her babysitter, agreed to introduce Hutchinson um, to Eccles during their conversation. Hutchinson reported that Eccles made no incriminating statements. So... Um, Basically, let's see what else. Um, She also, so then later on, the police were like, you need to have Damien take you to a Wiccan meeting. And then, so she claimed that Miss Kelly, um, Eccles, and Baldwin attended a Wiccan meeting, this like, what's it called, in a Scot or something? Whatever. Um, (laughs) You would know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the name of their meeting? Yeah, it's like okay. it's supposed to be like like a satanic meeting. Oh. There's like a certain name for it. Yes, a mascot. <laughs> oh, it's a mascot. Oh, a mascot. I didn't I, you didn't say it right. Sorry. <laughs> um, so she claims that they went to this Wiccan meeting and a drunken Eccles openly bragged about killing the three boys. Um, and Miss Kelly was first to recall um, was first questioned a day after Hutchinson's purported confession. Um, Hutchinson was unable to recall the Wiccan meeting location and didn't name any of the other participants at the meeting. Um, So she claims like this whole tall tale that they went out to this crazy meeting. There was people wearing black and like sacrificing animals and all this shit. Was anybody speaking Spanish? (laughs) (laughs) Later on. So this is years later after the, after they're exonerated. This is in like 2013. Um, actually, no, 2010. Um, she claims, she's like, the police made me make up that story. It was completely fabricated. Mm-hmm. It had nothing, I don't, I just completely made the entire thing up. The day in question that she supposedly did all this, um, she drank an entire bottle of whiskey because oh. her boyfriend had broken up with her. Uh. And she was like, I did see uh, some people somewhere, maybe, and <laughs> sounds good to yeah. me sounds good to and me and she goes and then the next morning she woke up on her lawn with a second bottle of jack daniels like halfway through so super reliable day right 
Um, this is the day that she was supposedly get went to this this ceremony. Yeah. But this revelation that she made it up didn't come till years later. Yeah. Okay, well then everybody's a piece of shit. In this Everyone's story. a piece of shit. This town sells like sounds like fucking hell. Yeah. It's like even un- worse, Arkansas. Oh, <laughs> disaster! <laughs> I've never been. Really? Why is that Have you been? Oh my god! <laughs> he strikes me as an Arkansas type. <laughs> College football guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> um. Okay. So. May 7th, they start bringing in Damien and Jason Eccles for questioning. They take no notes. There's no record of any of these interviews because these police are big time. Yeah. Okay, they're good. <laughs> they are good. Um, they keep getting brought in for interviewing. Uh, you know what's wicked fucking sad is that so Damien's mom was like, we need a lawyer because mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but they're trying to peg this on you. Yeah. And you're innocent. So like, let's just get a lawyer and everything's going to be fine. And they're dirt poor, so his grandmother pawned her engagement ring. And because the police were so corrupt, he showed up to one of the um, investigations or the interviews, and they wouldn't allow his lawyer in the room. So basically, she paid, she gave her engagement ring for nothing. Oh, I see. Because that's all. The lawyer wasn't allowed in because he wouldn't be allowed in no matter what. No, he would always be allowed in. Always, no matter what. The police wouldn't allow him in. Sorry, I've never <laughs> been accused <laughs> of crime. Lawyers always be allowed in the room. That's uh, the whole point. So, oh, oh then I, maybe I misunderstood. So, so the ring, why was the ring then not used? Because she had paid for a retainer for this lawyer. He shows up with a lawyer to the interview, and the police are like, lawyer can't come oh, in. Oh, okay, I didn't And shut the lawyer okay. out. Yeah. And it was basically like, if you want to talk to us with a lawyer, that seems fishy, like blah, blah, blah. What? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no fucking sense. And then the that was all she could afford. And then during the her, his actual murder trials, he just had like a state appointed public defender. Public uh, defender. Grandma was only married once. Selfish. Yeah. Selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> so they keep bringing these boys in to What about the families of these victims? They're not involved at all? Oh, we'll get into that. There we go. <laughs> we'll get into that. But obviously, you know, rightfully so, they're extremely vocal. They're a little upset, huh? They're a little upset. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, they're not happy about it. And um, now are they accusing this guy? Are they accusing yeah, these guys? Okay. Heavily, heavily. Which I think some of them had their reasons to be pointing the finger at someone else. Oh, do you think that there was an inside job? Well, I was a little mm-hmm. struck that the first guy called call a missing person within like minutes. Right, within like hours. Yeah. It's like a little boy who's been gone for two hours. You That's know? weird, especially yeah. in a town where like, it doesn't sound like a lot of good parenting's happening. No, definitely not. But I think it's possible if like he was supposed to be home for something. That's true. Yeah, but I think I'm sorry, you're, do you want, I think you're coming, really coming from parents who would call if I was five minutes early. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would. He looks high. Yeah. Is he high? <laughs> okay, so they keep pushing them and pushing them, but they're not really getting anywhere. They do have them take a polygraph. Well, so I'm test. sorry. Why is Miss Miss Kelly or whatever part of this now? Because I'll tell you why. So, uh, June third, nineteen ninety three, Jesse confesses falsely. And he implicates Damien, Jesse, and Jason. So there's like the most egregious line of questioning you've ever heard in your life. Police are basically like, when you went to kill these boys, kill these boys, where was it? And Jesse's like, I wasn't there. And then like hours later, they like fix his story. And he's like, and then we like, he says at one point, he's like, they were like, oh, what did they, 
what were they tied in? And he was like a brown rope and they were shoelaces. And they were like, no, it was a shoelace. He's like, right, the shoelaces. And uh. you have to remember this kid is not functioning. Yeah. And did you not, great not, 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 not. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, did, yeah did, didn't you not, not kill him? <laughs> <laughs> it just goes on for like, was that an not, even amount not, of knots? Not, yeah. Not. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the whole That's thing was so a fucking sad. That's, and it happens, this shit happens so often. It feels like it really does. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many documentaries like that, making a murderer. Yeah, uh, this one. <laughs> and that's just the ones where it's like you know, like a murder case. Like imagine how many, how often they're just like doing this to people and like other oh, things, like nonviolent shit. Constantly, too. yeah, constantly. Um, Release everyone arrested for marijuana <laughs> charges. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, there's, like, at certain points where they're, like, oh, yeah, they're, like, he's, like, totally fit to be interviewed in this fashion. He's not that slow or whatever. And then at certain points, they'll be, like, um, do you know what a penis is? They literally asked him that. He was 17 years old. How do you know old. all this? Because I have the transcript. She goes, because I was there. Because I was there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have the transcript. So they did transcribe this. Aren't they implicating themselves that they're transcribing it? I mean, the police are fucked now. Did those people, did, what happened to these police? Am I jumping ahead? I'm sorry. Um, the police ended up having great careers and retiring, which is why now there's new stuff coming out. About the police? About the case that they were hiding. Oh, because like new cops came yeah. in and were like, well, mm. what the fuck is this? Exactly. Oh, well, good for those new cops. I know. I think, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So I love how you keep just titillating. You're just put, you're like, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. I also do want to say your research on this is way better than mine on Epstein's. Yeah. Just you to, have an answer oh. for everything. I also find I'm it really trying. funny that we went from the last episode where she did the one BuzzFeed listicle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to make up for <laughs> with myself. Paragraphs on each thing. And now look, at it's like you were there. It's like I was there. It's I like was. she was there. <laughs> I was three years old and I was there. That's a yeah. tale I'm going to tell the police. They're going to take it very seriously and convict a bunch of people based on my testimony. Well, you were. I was in Massachusetts yes. at three years old and I you went were down spawned there. there from the satanic ritual. Right. They summoned you. That makes sense. And uh, you high fived everyone at home. Mm-hmm. Pretty clear. Pretty clear. What's going on with you, huh? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just my back that I'm just like really nervous that I'm going to make. I have a. Back injury. I have a back injury. I have a back injury, and I—he's got a back injury. <laughs> you got that back injury because you were what walking through mud, maybe in the forest. Oh, yeah. I see. No, maybe. the real story <laughs> is. If you're listening, May was giving him a look like we know you did it. <laughs> the real story is more embarrassing. I would rather what admit is the to real murder. Story? Tell the real story. Tell her the real story. It's a good. The real story. story is that I did. Okay, so I did do like a workout that involved some jumping kind of thing. So I assume that that's what actually did it, but what made it like actually go out was I was putting on my underwear and I reached <laughs> down to put one leg in and just snap. Okay. Yeah. Ben and the workout 60 yeah, he's years. The workout was careful with um, for, from curves video on demand service curves, <laughs> which is the overweight women <laughs> service. Dude, weight watchers workouts are hard. They're really hard. Well, you should have seen him jumping up all the croissants that he was eating. <laughs> it was actually a Jane Fonda video from 1983. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. shit. All right. Back to the grisly murders. Back to the grisly murders. So and terrible police uh, terrible cover-ups. Terrible police, all that stuff. So June 3rd, 1993, authorities um, issue a warrant to go into the, all their houses. Um, they find hilarious evidence, in my opinion. They have a um, like Wiccan book at, from Damien. They're like, this is evidence that he murdered children. <laughs> it's just like... 
It's just like sad. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Crazy. Um, there is a Metallica t-shirt that they take into evidence. That's one of the exhibits. Mm -hmm. Metallica. They put it into an evidence bag. It didn't have blood on it. Nothing like that. It was just simply a Metallica t-shirt. Metallica's not even that like... Hardcore. No, it's not yeah. like Ben starts like they're fucking mainstream. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're not even that hard. They're not even moshing yeah. Slipknot. They're not even <laughs> real screamo. Metallica's <laughs> basically the Beach Boys. <laughs> Imagine Ben Bizarro Ben and <laughs> moshing, just fucking just hitting people in the face. Oh, no, I can't weird. imagine that. That's funny. Gotta let it out. <laughs> yeah. So. This fucking guy, Gitchell, Gary Gitchell, the lead investigator, he holds a press conference. I still find it hilarious that this small, poor town, not even that small, whatever, this poor town has a chief inspector. Oh, I know. <laughs> this Gary. I know. Chief inspector. I, there probably is a lot of crime I mean, in this place, I mean, he seems really freaking stupid, so. Yeah, chief idiot. Chief idiot. Go ahead. Uh, Coin it. <laughs> I just put on the screen. Coin <laughs> Chief idiot. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of effects. Like yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. So no, no, no. I think just saying it. Just saying it does the trick. They get it. Yeah, yeah, they get it. Um, so the press asks him, "How confident do you feel that you have the right people?" And he goes on a scale of one to ten, eleven. Oh, and that was Gary! Like, it was like quoted a bunch, and then when and they that's got where out, we got that phrase. Do we get that catchphrase? <laughs> That's actually where they invented the scale from one to yeah. ten. It's actually a really and then saying eleven, <laughs> and then the reporter's like, "Wait, is one the company uh, or ten? Yeah, where are we?" Sorry, you were saying. Um, I was saying eleven. Oh, Gary! I know, fucking cocky bastard. So, let's see. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Sorry, just, you guys talk you amongst yourselves. <laughs> I would never be an eleven on anything. Like that confident in something on anything in your whole life? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like who would say, who has the gall to say like oh I'm eleven confident? I'll say it sometimes when someone's like I feel like you say it all the time. I do not. I feel like you're the kind of guy where on a scale like, of one to ten, I'm an eleven. That I don't say it a lot. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> All right, so let I'm me gonna... tell you something. In Gary's defense, it wins arguments. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because most of the notes about the trial itself is like, you know, we could be here all day. It's basically right. like they You're fucked up left and right. right. The whole thing was completely ridiculous. They called people to the stand that were like, Eccles was weird. Like, I, he was in my math class and Any he drew a pentagon. <laughs> like, literally. And then there was all these rumors. They were like, his hair isn't even black. And he went into prison. He was like, it's black. <laughs> <laughs> That sucks, bro. It really sucks. Is this national attention now at this point? I think it was a little bit, but it was one of those things that it's 1993. You read one headline, you go, oh, that's crazy. Glad they got those fucking assholes. And then that's it. You know, like none of this information was out. So everybody, like if my parents read about it, they would be like, wow, that's crazy. These three teenagers murdered these boys. Yeah, that's tough. Period. End of story. Like, yeah. So we know it. Yeah. Yeah. So the cops are not helping things the media is not helping anything and the, everybody in the town is not helping anything correct is anybody <laughs> interested in, in truth anymore no. in this wow. country I just this anybody <laughs> god bless <laughs> America <laughs> isn't that Trump's uh, social media thing truth, truth. dot net or truth. something dot truth. he <laughs> couldn't even afford dot com it's dot net <laughs> uh, dot gov <laughs> just, and if you have any questions hit me up at trump at aol <laughs> 
so actually, uh, so they have basically no evidence. Um, they have Hutchinson's bullshit account of the occult activity, which has nothing to tying them whatsoever to the actual murders. Right. It doesn't help that these kids probably don't have parents that are that engaged. It sounded like Damien had right. his mom at least His cared. mom was... She, he describes her in his book as she loved me how she knew how. Um, he says, like, she's the type of mother who would be, like, helping you with your cough, but, like, smoking, chain smoking while he, she was helping you. Like, while you had a cough. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Just that, that kind of person. Well, she doesn't That's recognize you. That's fascinating. That is. Mm-hmm. That's science. He's a poet. Ah. Listen. Guys, how good. is this book? Bestseller? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe read that book. It's yeah. a pretty good book. Did you read it? Part of it. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great book. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. So they go to jail. Or am I jumping yeah. way ahead? Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go to jail. <laughs> oh, they, they, go. Oh, they go to jail. That sucks. For 18 years. No. no. God. Yep. All three of them. Um, that far, I feel bad for that for for the other two. I know they had nothing to do with it. Nothing, especially. I mean, like James. Okay, they were best friends. I guess like he still didn't have anything to do with it. But that third kid was just a lovable idiot. I know. You well, know. Well, what did Damien have to do with anything? Nothing. Literally yeah, nothing. Why? Yeah. I mean, he certainly didn't have anything either. He was just guilty of being the town weirdo. Yeah, pretty much. There were no, there were no, what, was there even a satanic cult? Was there even a, like no, I mean, there's no cl- evidence of was that. Was there even like a Wiccan club in this fucking town? Probably not. <laughs> Wiccan club. <laughs> yeah, like, like at the high school or anything. Kind of sounds fun, honestly. Here's the thing is in the 90s, like they had clubs and shit, right? Yeah. 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 Wiccan clubs or just clubs in general? I don't general? know. Like, Wiccan, Wiccan was like a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. You ever seen that movie, The Craft? Yeah. Good film. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, what does that have to do with it? Oh, oh, which stuff? I just okay. didn't think it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see Shrek 2? <laughs> oh, now that's a film. Classic. Yeah, classic. Now that's good a soundtrack. film. One of the other uh, pieces of evidence that I didn't talk about is that they also brought in these softball girls that her- they said they overheard Jason and Damien talking about the murders at a softball game. And it's like, I'm sure they were talking about the murders. They were getting questioned. Yeah. And it's like the fucking talk of the town. Like The most egregious y- thing that they went to a softball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't find them that weird until now. Yeah, now I'm like, maybe they did it. <laughs> yeah, who watches that crap? Are you watching stuff? Softball. Isn't maybe they were smoking cigarettes under the bleachers. Making fun of it, like ironically yeah, watching yeah, softball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's, that's cool. That actually that's is That's cool. cool. And I'm back. That's They're innocent now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just well, being they're hilarious. they're blessed and enter Sandman. <laughs> 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 um but yeah speaking about like the two lovable or the two like people that had nothing to do with anything well they all three had nothing to do with anything but the guy who got conned into confessing to something that had nothing to do with anything and bringing two other people into it um damien eccles has since been interviewed a million times and they're like were you ever like just unbelievably angry at him and he was like he said multiple times on record he's like I'm, i was never angry at him i knew that he was being manipulated because you know he reads a third grade level and he was like i feel no anger towards him mm-hmm. which oh, is crazy that's to say really sweet yeah. i know it sounds like though eccles if he was like flipping people off and like still maintained being a weirdo like yeah i mean obviously you're a teenager but like you'd think like maybe like cut get a haircut to kind of take the heat off you yeah right? right i know yeah maybe don't lean in so hard to the wicked shit yeah i guess like, you're like it's like whatever it's not a phase it's who i am right but like well they're gonna send you to jail he's a buddhist now Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's yeah. hardcore. Mm-hmm. That is hardcore. A uh, long hair or bald? Uh, bald. Get out. Yeah, he's married. Whoa. Yeah, met his wife in prison. No. 
Yes. What, like, she was, like, sending him letters? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have no comment on that. Oh, yeah. she was sending him letters while... Uh, she wasn't an inmate. No, no, no. Were they, like, super popular, these guys? Um, They were after the film, after Paradise Lost, because everybody was like, these people are innocent. Were they still in jail? Yeah. <gasps> So that started the whole movement to get them out. But let's talk first about their sentences because they're insane. Okay. So they were all found guilty of capital murder and the deaths of all three children. No death penalty in Arkansas? Yes, there is. So, um... You (laughs) (laughs) Damien was sentenced to death. I don't know why I said that. You got it right. (laughs) I just love a good, you dumb fuck. I'm just good. (laughs) All right, so Damien was sentenced to death. I, Jason to life in prison, um, plus two life sentences, I think. So three, basically. And uh, what was the other one? The other one was life in prison, but I forget the exact phrasing of it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They're all in prison for the rest of their lives. It's oh, the important okay. thing. Yeah. So let's talk about getting out. So this is probably like one of the first cases that I know about, at least, that there was a documentary that started a movement because mm-hmm. people were like, wait a minute. And now they must be like, thank God these people wanted to make a documentary about this. Yeah. Because then it like got the ball moving. It's not even why they wanted to make the documentary. No. That's wild. Exactly. So 1996, HBO airs Paradise Lost, The Child Murders at Robin, Robin Hood Hills. Um, the film, which had a soundtrack by Metallica, apropos, um, depicted West Memphis as a hellhole. Lame. <laughs> Mainstream. May as well made it by Beethoven. <laughs> That'd be kind of Beethoven went hard. Let me tell you. Yeah, Beethoven's great. Oh, Beethoven yeah. went hard. Go ahead. Um, they described Ma- West Memphis as a hellhole with residents blinded by fantasy. Fantasies of satanic cults and jurors unable to sort facts out rationally. I would agree with all those things. It does not seem like anybody here is very well educated. No. Nobody really around. No. You should see this documentary. It's beyond. It's really upsetting. It's really, really upsetting. So the film spawned a movement and soon okay. a website dedicated to gaining the release of the West Memphis 3, WM3.org, was established. Um, the film also led to a marriage. Lori Davis, a landscape architect, began communicating with Damien Eccles and they married, as we just said. So sweet. Also, uh, in I terms know. of being pioneering, probably one of the first where the internet played a role. Exactly. Right? Mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got mailed each other. Oh, yeah. So, that's um, what, this, that's same, what the movie is based Same on. plot of the movie. <laughs> Tom Hanks with long black hair. Um, yeah, so there was a bunch of other movies that came out. Vicki Hutchinson rec- recanted her statement, Sorry. was like, um, I literally just lied Oof. about everything. She reported that she felt compelled to cooperate with police out of fear that she, if she didn't, the police would take her son away. So that's valid. probably also why the son was going hard too. Like, we'll say whatever you need us to say. Yeah, I saw the murders. I was in the murders. Like, no. there was a guy with a gun and he was black. But, why, like, but why, does, why does race have to be part of it? I don't know. <laughs> they were Spanish. What do you want? Asian? I don't know. Whatever you guys want me to say. What gets you going? What? You're speaking Spanish. Yo, who do you hate the most? I'll say it. <laughs> so another bombshell fell in 20, 2007 after DNA found at the crime scene was retested mm. um, and none was found to match the DNA of Eccles, Baldwin, or Miss Kelly. So none of them matches DNA. Right. A hair found in a knot used to tie up one of the victims is, however, found to be not inconsistent with 
Terry Hobbs, who was the stepfather to Stevie Branch. So his DNA is found. Who's Stevie Branch? One of the kids. One of the kids that died. (gasps) So on the basis of the new evidence, Mark, um, John... Mark Byers told reporters how he believed the three men convicted were innocent. So John Mark Byers is the father of one of the other um, murdered children. And he always got like a bad vibe from yeah, the other Yeah, he was like, that other dude did it. But wow. he, I think he might have done it too. No. Oh my God. Together? Separately. <gasps> what? We'll get into it. Not separately. It's either one or the other. Oh, they find one of them did it. Huh? Did they find Metallica records in any of these <laughs> <people>? <laughs> Anybody have to tease? <laughs> So this is so fucking frustrating. All this new DNA evidence failed to convince the judge that a new trial for any of the West Memphis three was justified. But the attorneys um, for all three appealed Burnett's decision to the Arkansas Supreme Court. If they had attorneys at all, shouldn't any judge look at it and be like, this case is not legitimate? I mean, I don't know. Maybe the judge was getting paid off. I'll say something a little crazy here. American justice system, maybe not perfect. Oh, you're nuts. <laughs> I don't know where you were Shut the hell up. <laughs> it's the greatest country on earth. God bless. <laughs> okay. So finally, three years after that DNA evidence more or less exonerates them from the crime scene. Right. Um, November 4th, 2010, the defendants received the first good news in the cases, um, in their cases that they had been heard, or blah, blah, blah. That had been heard from court anywhere. Right. Um, the Arkansas Supreme Court announced an opinion ordering the trial court to reconsider whether newly discovered DNA evidence um, would exonerate them, basically. So this and is so still like scrambling. this is still like 14 years after that documentary. Mm-hmm. So the documentary did something, but it still took took forever. Yeah. yeah. Um. So basically, in August 2012, they the prosecutor. Um, no, sorry, the defense wanted them to all file for an Alford plea, which is a really unique maneuver where basically... I'm familiar. You don't have to explain it for me, but explain it for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I honestly don't even fucking get it, but basically you plead guilty. Yeah, Max, but- why don't you do it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, May. This is May's episode. Don't steal your thunder. You are, you are considering that. <laughs> um, but you plead guilty... And maintain your innocence, but so you can get out because you're innocent, but you're still guilty. It seems like, like I it's really, a trick. <laughs> I really don't understand weird, it. <laughs> but yeah. people do this sometimes. Like, are you guys know familiar with the staircase? You know about that? Oh yeah, yeah that, so, that was the nuns, right? No, no, that's but, the bird. Yeah, yeah. The staircase was. It's like, Wait, did bird? he or didn't he? Owl. An owl. Oh, push yeah. his wife down the push stairs. The, his, yeah, and he did an Alfred plea where he's like. I'm pleading guilty, but I'm innocent. And he. How the fuck does that work? I don't know. Is it just pleading guilty while winking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't fucking get it. So it was basically established like sometime in the 50s or whatever, where some guy. <laughs> pleading guilty on opposite day. Yeah. <laughs> pleading guilty, not. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. an <laughs> <laughs> so Alfred plea, classic Alfred uh, plea. It's a vintage Alfred plea. <laughs> but yeah, I, like some guy was like going to be convicted based on the evidence of in some case, but he didn't do it. So it was like this p- specific legal maneuver is based off of that case. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Whatever. So anyway, the prosecutor wanted, the deal was that all three of them had to take the, had to take the deal or there would be no deal. Right. Deal or no deal. Yeah. Their lawyer is Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> Probably right around the time the show came. Yeah. 
Um, so just making connections. I'm yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> so Damien and Jason are like on the edge of their fucking seat, right? Because they're like, "What if um, Jesse doesn't take the deal?" Oh, because this is the one that can't really think that. He good. can't really think that well, and he can't think that good. <laughs> <He> I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I go can't think that well. You dumb fuck. You dumb fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so they're freaking out. Damien writes in his book. He goes, I paced back and forth in my prison cell, two steps to the door and two steps back over and over. I paced all hours, all day and all night. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't read. I couldn't sit still. I wept. I cursed. I raged. Um, he's like, to say I was in pain is beyond articulation. This is the whole time or when he was specifically waiting for to find um, out Specifically guy? for that decision. Were but they in the same prison? I actually don't think so. Because that would have been nice, at least if Damien and his guy got to hang I out. I know. Hmm. No. And actually, Damien spent a lot of the time getting beat up by guards and stuff. Fuck. And I know. He really had a shit time. L after all, L. Yeah, right? And he would get put in... Um, solitary? Solitary a lot. And he was in there so much that he's kind of lost his long um, sight. Oh, my God. Long distance vision. Because wow. if you're so dark. If your eyes are trained to only see six feet ahead of you, like your eyes are constantly training to see that far. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, he's kind of like partially blind now Jesus. because of his time spent in prison. Fuck. Yeah. Are they still friends at least? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to get into where they are now. They all got out. Everybody signed the, the Alfred plea. Oh, thank God. They're all good. Um, so I'm going to get into where they are now and then we're going to... Finally wrap up. How long has it been? Oh, not that bad. Like 50 minutes. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I'll get into some other suspects. <laughs> no, it's not a lot. No, no. This is no. not a double. We were thinking it this would be is a, not double, a double. It this might is, be a single. This is I a more over a bunch of stuff that people are probably going to be like, how would you leave that out? Because I got things to do. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> all right, where are they now? We kind of already went over this. Um, he actually, after he moved out of prison and into um, New York. He actually lived in Peter Jackson's apartment for a little while. And Peter Jackson is one of the documentary filmmakers. So he like took Damien He lived in, in. the Shire? <laughs> Peter Jackson does live in New Zealand. Does I know he? that from a recent oh. interview. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. He must have a house in New York, I guess. New Zealand is lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go. You have to I go. I have heard <laughs> lovely things about New Zealand. You yeah. would love it. <laughs> but how weird is this? It's like, Damien, we're still on this after that, he moved to Salem, Massachusetts for a no. little while. It's like, come on, man. Ooh. I mean, he's probably a celeb there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, king. Oh, yeah. Celeb sighting. That'd yeah. be fun on Halloween. I'd be like, oh, my, my God. God. It's Damien Echols. This guy fucking did. He's, he's got a- real black hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, and then he came to his senses and moved back to Harlem. Right. Okay. So that's where he resides right now. Mm-hmm. Dream guest, if you want to come on. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Um, in 2012, he published a book, Life After Death, which became a New York Times bestseller. And good for him. What a hell of a title. Let me tell you something. Yeah, That's really great good title. title. Really good title. Jason Baldwin, his bestie, moved to Austin, Texas. Um, he With moved Rogan. to Seattle for a little he while. He wanted to get yes. to stand up. <laughs> right. No, he was in Seattle. Then Rogan moved to Austin. So he followed him. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. Rogan, obviously. Um, <laughs> and he started a nonprofit called Proclaim Justice, which is an organization dedicated to oh. overturning wrongful convictions. Saint. Um, he Do they says, get money, hopefully? No. Because what? of the Alfred plea, they're not allowed to take any money from the state. So they can't sue the state. 
people. I'm upset. Can you believe this that? This whole time I've been upset, but now I am upset. Oh, when money gets they involved? <laughs> but they didn't get to see it. They didn't get to sue. No. To smithereens. Nope. I mean, I guess. Okay, I think they got they... out of prison. Whatever. Damien has a successful book. A successful book. Yeah. I hope, think that they will. I hope he sent some schmackers over to Jason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to. <laughs> yeah, you got to. Um, so Jason says that he his organization... Damien, unfortunate name for, for a satanic boy. For a potentially satanic boy. Yeah. Because? Damien uh, huh. was the name of the boy in The Omen, wasn't it? Yeah, oh. I think so. And also, he was born Michael or something like that, <laughs> and he changed his name to Damien. Ah, see? Like, Damien is like a devil name. You think so? I know. He's like he's leaning into it. He, he did lean into it, yeah. But, you know, God forbid. But um, I mean, I, Everyone likes a shtick. Everyone likes a shtick. <laughs> so you were pretending to be Jewish for years. <laughs> yeah, clearly, you're the one using the word shtick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I couldn't find anything about Jesse Miss Kelly outside of he was jailed briefly mm. after an arrest of a slew of traffic citations. So not doing well. He Not doing as well as the you other can't two, but expect, I don't think, I mean, I don't think I'm he's surprised punching. that the other two are so ha- leading healthy lives at yeah, all. Your life is taken away from you. I mean, it's just I mean, that's terrible. It. Well, and plus, I'm just stewing, if I, especially if I didn't do it. Yeah, anger. I know. Yeah. And the whole world thinks you did do it. I know. That's and it's not thing. a good crime to be wrongfully accused of. No, it's like probably the worst crime I've ever heard of in my entire life. Right. And, and that's, that's one of the worst parts about, I mean, it is the worst part about it is that no, like the person out there is still out there. So they never actually. They haven't nobody, caught anybody. There's nobody been arrested for this that actually did it. Yes. So who is the main suspect? The stepfather? We'll get into a few. Okay. So this is infuriating. Okay. So other possible suspects. Um, two guys named Chris Morgan and Brian Holland. So early on in the investigation, the uh, police briefly regarded. Oh wait. The, da, 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 I don't know what that is. Um <laughs> Um, oh, the police regarded two teenagers as suspects, Chris Morgan and Brian Holland, both, um, with drug offense histories had abruptly departed to California, um, four days after the bodies were discovered. Uh So Morgan was presumed to at least been casually familiar with all three of the murdered boys having previously driven an ice cream truck route in their neighborhood. Don't trust an ice cream truck driver. No. But we're still pretty loose here. No. Exactly. So, um... But I do agree. Do not trust an ice cream truck driver at all. So they were arrested in Oceanside, California in 1993. And Morgan and Holland took polygraph um, tests administered by the California police. What is up with these polygraph yeah, tests? Yeah, they love a polygraph. Examiners reported that both men's charts indicated deception when they denied involvement in the murders. Well, what are we doing here? Exactly. And it's like that. that is like even more evidence that they had against the pe- three people that went in jail. But they were that, like, their you know. t-shirts were all like Dave Matthews Band. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these guys couldn't have done it. <laughs> um, Morgan claimed a long history of drug and alcohol abuse as long, along with blackouts and memory lapses. So he claimed that he might have killed the victims, but Jesus quickly recanted this part of his statement. Okay. So... Well, that's weird. So we have no, we have no idea. That's it. That's all we got with them. Um, California police sent blood and urine samples from both of the teenagers to the police um, in West Memphis, but there was no in- indication um, that indicated them as suspects moving forward. So okay. probably not them. Okay. Maybe okay. they like. Maybe they like saw the bodies or something and like ran. Maybe, but and then they y- were like nervous. This is what's so frustrating too. It's like okay, this guy like 
kind of confessed a little like I might have I don't know like bitch I might have and it's like yeah. um but it's like okay that's his even one more of his incredible. excuses was like I could have blacked out could have done it. it's something that blackout me could have done yeah right <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> we don't do crazy shit when we're blacked out yeah listen who among us you, know, you ever wake up <laughs> they drive the ice cream truck to California blacked out mm. I don't know probably blacked out but that's like just as strong of evidence as the Jesse Miss Kelly one Way stronger, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's stronger exactly. because of yeah. that. They didn't one fail the, the their polygraphs ever. No, I think they did. Or the police said that there was like they were like it wasn't. It was inconclusive, and it's like it's just not giving you the result that you want. Yeah, that's inconclusive. It's exactly. not concluding what I want it's not to concluding conclude. What I want to go. Yeah. So there's another suspect, Mr. Bojangles. He's called in okay. this article. So. Uh, Bojangles is a fast food restaurant. Hmm. Okay, because I thought it was like a local serial killer. <laughs> There's a famous song, Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. It does sound like Bojangles a clown serial killer, doesn't it? It sounds like the like Candyman or like something yeah. like that, you know, the Boogeyman. So um, there was Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. So, Bojangles. <laughs> according to local West Memphis police officers, on the evening of May fifth, nineteen ninety three, at eight, so the day of the murders. Um, at 8.42 p.m., so it would have been the time of the murders, um, workers at the Bojangles restaurant, located about a mile from the crime scene, uh, reported seeing a black male who seemed mentally disoriented in, um, inside the restaurant's ladies' room. The man was bleeding and had brushed against the restroom walls. Um, Officer Regina Meeks responded to the call, um, talking to the restaurant's manager, taking the restaurant manager's report through the eatery's drive through window. Why? Jesus. Why don't you go in the fucking restaurant? <laughs> By then, the man had left, and mm-hmm. the police did not did not enter the restroom on that day. The next day, the manager walked in. There was blood all over the fucking bathroom. And they, as far as I can tell, never really looked into that. Sounds good. Mr. Mm-hmm. Bojangles. Yeah. So... <laughs> also, a hair identified as belonging to a black male was later recovered on a sheet wrapped around one of the victims. Nah. I really, okay. did, I really didn't want the racist to be correct. <laughs> I know. So you think that Bojangles is the answer? No, I don't. I didn't say that. I know we have very similar uh, deep voices. <laughs> but <laughs> Do you? I don't know, Mr. Bojangles. I can't conclusively say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. John Marks Byers, the stepfather of Christopher Byers. So this dude has like a rap sheet. That's mm. basically, there wasn't like so much tying him to it, but let's just go through this rap a sheet. Well, that seems to be the theme in general, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. A stepfather makes a lot of sense for It this. really does. Um, Stepfathers so, are not good people. No, across the <laughs> I board. I just say a terrible blanket statement. Doesn't Stepfathers matter who, are criminals. Every <laughs> single one of them. Without exception. No. Um... <laughs> So when he was a teenager, his parents called the police claiming that he was threatening them with a butcher knife. So that's like the type of anger problems that this dude has. So prior to the murders of the three boys, um, Mark Byers had criminal charges relating to the use of terroristic threats, grand theft, and drug use. One of the terroristic threats pertained to a domestic dispute between Mark and his first wife, Sandra Byers. In 1988, it was alleged that he was threatening her life and assaulting her with an electronic stun gun. Mm. Ah. Um, Byers was 30 years old when he accumulated this charge, and when he was 35, this judge like expunged it from his record. It's like That's nice of him. Just a lot of bizarre stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's well, like they probably like drank together at the it's local the same, saloon. It's the same judge. Yeah. 
The oh, same okay. judge, There's Judge Burnett. In the pocket. Ironically, the, the newest John Grisham that I'm reading is about corrupt judges. Mm. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not that common. They're actually, most judges are actually pretty good people. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> At least in fictional Florida in this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's also arrested for um, selling cocaine, carrying a dangerous weapon. Um, he had like a weird like Rolex, like a fake Rolex ring. How was he, he never was even a suspect? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Why wouldn't they immediately talk to the families and think it was like one of them? Right. I don't because they're fucking idiots and they're like, this is obviously cult related. None of these families are in cults, so case closed. They go to my church. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good impression. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Um, okay, so this guy uh, in 1997, Melissa Byers, so the mom of Christopher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm died under, quote, suspicious circumstances in their house. So she was a lifelong heroin user, but there was no opioids that were found in her system at the time of her death. She was found naked on the floor, and no one had any clue how it happened. Um, She was taking Dilaudid at the time of her death, and she had taken alcohol, too, so that could have been it, but it was just, like, very strange. And when the cops showed up to, like, take the body, John Byers was cheating on her with his girlfriend outside of the house. Outside of the house? He was like... with his girlfriend, Mandy was her name, outside of the house, like, yeah, my dead broad's in there. He already had the new girl over? Oh, yeah. He had the new girl over while his wife was literally on the floor dead. dead. He's not a good guy. He's not a good and guy. And he's the one with that hair that they found the hair of. No, that's a different guy. Oh. Wait, the hair? They found the hair. The hair was... The knot. Um, oh, yes. I thought No, hair. no, no, that's Terry Hobbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was this the guy that was like, then it was Terry Hobbs that did it? Yeah. So this is the guy who was pointing pointing the finger finger. at Terry Hobbs. So. It's also possible to not do it and still be a piece of shit. Sure. Right. Of course. But. Um, What an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this guy's a piece of shit. That's insane. That's. I mean, that's a bold move. And they didn't think, they didn't try to finger him for this murder either, or this death? Um, they didn't really, so they, a part of the documentary was trying to finger this John Byers guy. And now they've moved on to Terry Hobbs, which I agree is Terry Hobbs. Okay. And the Dixie Chicks do as well. He sued the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> Terry Hobbs sued yes. the Dix- Dixie Chicks. So Terry Hobbs was Michael Moore's, no, wait, not Michael Moore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crap. There was a kid named Michael Moore. Oh, it was Michael Moore. I was yeah. sorry. Um, oh, I was thinking the documentary. That's oh, what yeah, I was thinking okay, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. There was a kid named Michael Moore. You're right. Um, I'm the only one paying attention. No, you're right. You're all right. So DNA testing in 2007 identified the hair fragment as Terry Hobbs. If I'm not mistaken, too, this was the guy that called first, right? Michael Moore was the first kid reported missing. Um, No. The Byers guy that I just talked about that cheated on his wife. He's the one that reported missing? Yeah. The stepfather. Mm -hmm. That was my first instinct. So now we're moving on to Terry Hobbs, who's the other stepfather. Stepfather or father? Stepfather. Oh, okay. Nobody stays married in this town. No. What a horrible place to live. I'm sorry to Best Memphis. Mm. I know. It's really horrible. So Terry Hobbs was also quite The, the real character. issue here is poverty. Yeah. I'm no commie, but send these people some money. Hmm. Yeah. Also, Arkansas. Clintons. The Clintons? What do you mean? Yeah, they might be tied to it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, are they, is he from Arkansas? Yeah, he was the governor of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, that's yeah. another thing that's interesting is that Jesse was asked who the president was to show his like mental capacity, and he didn't know who B- Bill Clinton was. And he's from Arkansas in 1993, and he couldn't even say who Bill Clinton was. 
Like that sh- that's like, okay, this kid, we can't use anything he says, obviously. Right. This is insane. All right. Terry Hobbs. Terry Hobbs. When he was 24 years old, he broke into the... politics. Yeah. (laughs) So he was a bad dude also. Um, He broke into the home of a neighbor, this this lady named Mildred French, who was an elderly lady that lived next to him. And there was like a bunch of crazy stuff. Like, it's got to be an elderly lady. Yeah. Mildred, <laughs> Mildred, Mildred French. Teen yeah. Named Mildred French. Yeah. Um, he reportedly came into her home and grabbed her breasts. She Jesus. yelled at him to get out of her home. And she goes, I was yelling for Terry to get out. And ultimately, Terry ran out of my home and ran downstairs to his unit to the bathroom window. Um, the bathroom window over my tub was partially open. Um, and my yelling could be heard outside. So I recall a man was outside across the street wa- work, working in his yard. I believe that Terry intended to further molest or harm me because his actions and demeanor, demeanor indicated that that was his goal. So she thought that he was going to go back in and rape her. He didn't, though, because the other guy was hearing everything. Right. So that's rap sheet number one. Jesus. Um. And also, he was questioned about this, and he was like, ah, I don't fucking talk about that. I don't care. And it's like, okay, well, she might. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't like to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, ah. Nah, next. Nah. He was like, he was like presented Pass. with papers. Like, what do you have to say about this? Because this is all, when he tried to sue the Dixie Chicks for defamation, because they later said this guy obviously did it. And yep. he was like, you're defaming me, blah, blah, blah. Then your whole past comes out when you go to sue somebody, apparently. And so they gave him the papers. Like, what do you have to say about this Mildred case? And he's like, I'm not reading that bullshit. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay. You can't argue with that. They, they were like, I don't think you can read. So yeah. <laughs> Did they accuse him in song? Did they accuse him in a song? No, I think like, they just like. It's also just the, the chicks now, right? It's just the chicks. The Dixie Park got canceled of their name. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I actually think I knew that. Yeah. Um. All right. So November of 1994. <laughs> I actually think I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that. No, I know. Yeah. I'm sure you knew it. I'm sure you knew it. I'm sure. Okay. So November of 1994, more than a year um, after the murders of the three children, Hobbs again experienced trouble with the law after an altercation with his wife, Pam Hobbs, uh, where he reportedly hit her. He shot his brother-in-law. Oh, my God. Dead? No. Oh. Um, he just well, chained him? Well, basically, so Pam Hobbs called her family and was like, he's beating the fuck out of me. Like she, like she thought he broke his jaw, her jaw, whatever. And then her family came over to like confront him. And then he shot her brother. So then he shoots them. He shoots her brother in the stomach. He survived that day, but then died later on as a result. Um, he only spent six months in jail. How? He murdered somebody. <laughs> I don't. Okay, uh, Sam's like adults in this town are just free to go. It's yeah. only teens that can commit crimes. Right. I guess so. So get this. So then there's been new evidence in the case where there was pictures of the boys and you could see there was bite marks that were like never examined in court. And there's bite marks on their face. Ah. Um, obviously, this indicates rage. It's like a very specific weird crime thing to do. Um, so they went to go test. They took molds of all the, the West Memphis threes teeth and none of the molding fit the bruising on the face. So it's none right. of them. Um, so they went to go take it from John Byers and he had had all of his teeth removed and he has dentures now. And then they did the same thing to Terry Hobbs and same thing, no teeth, only dentures. And he had them removed like, the day like basically the month that the fucking murders happened yikes so then um his wife pam hobbs now believes that terry hobbs did it they're still married 
They're not married. Oh, they divorced uh, <laughs> after he shot her brother. Yeah, that didn't come <laughs> to yeah. yeah, one would call that a breaking point. <laughs> um, and she found in a lockbox um, partial dentures from that time, and they met. I'm not gonna. I don't want to get sued by Terry Hobbs, but they match pretty well. If you want to look up some, is that why he sued the Dixie Chicks? Well, the Dixie the Chicks just straight up were like, "Yo, he did it," <laughs> and they were right. Yeah. No, uh, maybe. But probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he they she also found a knife that their son Stevie had always carried with them. Um, and then they were everybody was confused why it wasn't at the crime scene because Stevie always had it. It was like one of those like little pocket knives uh. that little kids have, and it was also in the lockbox. Uh. So I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, her sister told her that she saw Terry washing clothes, bed linens, and curtains from Stevie's room at an odd time around the murders. So, I mean, come on. Crazy. Yeah. Uh. So this guy's just walking the streets now? He's just, I mean, as far as I know, he's probably in jail for something else, honestly. But. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so you guys ready for this crazy story that was never written in court um, or was never brought up in court? So at the time of the murders... There was two guys that had come forward and I think they were like in trouble for something. And um, they told the police the story and it was like totally ignored. And in 2013, they wrote two more statements in an affidavit. So I think like a little bit of like immunity. They were in trouble again. Um, <clears throat> and this is the story that they told. Right. So there was two men, Billy Wayne Stewart and Benny Guy. And uh, they claimed to have information in the case linking Terry Hobbs to the murders, and they were ignored by the police. And they were like, apparently, like somebody called the police a few times about this, and they never even received a call back. So their story is that um, they were with Terry Hobbs, they were looking for marijuana, and they <laughs> knew some guy who might be holding. So they go over to his place, um, they get the weed. There's four of them in the car this guy, Hobbs, Jacoby. Jacoby's um, DNA was also found at the crime scene. And um, two teenagers, Hollingsworth and Buddy Lucas, um, that were, and Billy Stewart and this other guy were also there. How big is his car? Uh, Right? Hold on. Let's see. Is it pickup? Ice cream truck. (laughs) (laughs) An ice cream truck. Okay. Um, The point is, a bunch of them go out into the woods. They're smoking. They're drinking. They're doing all this crazy stuff. So then... Or just totally fucking normal stuff in the woods, basically. Mm -hmm. And then Terry asked two of the guys to wrestle. Shit gets sexual. And, um, you know, apparently now they're starting to have sex. And Wait, what? Yeah. Like, all the guys are trying to have... Are having sex. They're just having an orgy in the woods. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) And so according to... She said that like it (laughs) happens. (laughs) She said they started wrestling. The woods Shit are got sexual. <laughs> Shit got sexual. Because <laughs> they're wrestling. <laughs> so according to Billy Stewart's statement, he believes that at the point of the sexual activity happened, um, the, the, uh, Terry noticed that the three-year-old boys were spying on them. Oh, God. They were eight-year-old boys, no? Sorry, eight years old. Okay. They were spying on them. So then he says, in a drunken and stoned rage, Hobbs screamed, get them fuckers, catch them. Hollingsworth and Lucas um, complied, and that's when Hobbs informed the little boys he was going to teach them a lesson. Um, in this affidavit, they also say that he's the one that um, mutilated the genitals and tied them up and all of those things. Um, 
none of this has really been looked into. His ex, what? His yeah, like we don't really know. Um, so it's hard. I think it's. I might be speaking out of turn here, but I think to have another trial, you would have to first exonerate the people that were found guilty of the crime because the Alford plea, all three of those kids are now, they're technically on paper convicted murderers. Jesus. Even though they're out living in Harlem and hanging out. Right. Um, so to have another trial without first exonerating them might not be possible. It, I'm not exactly know. sure. It's kind of like double jeopardy, just yeah. that it's two different people. Right. Right. Because double jeopardy means you one person can't be charged for the same thing twice. Yes. But this is almost like you just in general can't be convicted twice. I guess it's not like I, double jeopardy. There can't Sorry. be two yeah. people that are guilty of the same thing. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I don't know if it's accomplices. a thing. Right. Unless they're accomplices. I don't really know. Wait, oh, but there are yeah. two men that back then and still now say that we did it. Yep. He was there. He did it. Mm-hmm. And then people just don't do anything with this and information. people are like... Cool story. Bye. Uh, mm-hmm. Awful. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, so that now there's new developments in the case. So Damien Eccles' lawyers had been told a while ago because they were like, you know, the Alfred plea is great. And we're happy he's out, but it's not good enough. We need to be clearing these people, like clearing their names. Right. And so uh, they were trying to like, you know, retry the trial and all this stuff. Um, and they were told that all the evidence had been destroyed. So they were like, it got, it got destroyed in a fire. In a storm. In a storm. It was just, I don't know what you want. Like a tornado passed through and took all the evidence. I don't know. Um, So then the judge and the head police guy, whatever his name was, they retired this year, like literally like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And it turns out all the evidence is there. The bikes, the ligatures, the photos, everything is there. So now um, Damien's legal team is basically trying to retry it to totally exonerate them. Mm-hmm. And there'd be more to come. And hopefully to arrest the other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else is obsessed with this case? It's kind of funny. Is uh, Wiz Khalifa? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Vedder. Really? Oh. Yeah. He's like obsessed okay. with it. All right. He like funded a bunch of stuff for them. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the West Memphis Three. I mean, I think Terry oh, Hobbs' I, close also, case. Also, West Memphis Three refers to the victims or refers to the three people who were put in jail? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, the people in jail. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's the thing is, if, if, if you think it's Terry Hobbs, like, it's him and these guys. They were there. Yeah. They did it. Right. What are we doing here? Well, they haven't been convicted <laughs> of it. <laughs> what, are we, what the fuck are we doing? It's awful. <laughs> you tell me what we're doing. But there's other people that look sketchy too, like this Mr. Byers. Bojangles guy. Mr. Bojangles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Byers. Yeah, Byers. Like there's a lot of people that could have done it. And that but then there's there's only one thing where two guys said this is exactly what happened. Right. And it kind of makes sense. It makes total sense. And also it Except makes Except for the part where it just it just you know they went to the woods to fuck. The wrestling it, was <laughs> <laughs> But it also makes total sense to to me that like there's three kids separately they could get away if like i'm going this way max is going that way ben's going that like it's gonna be really hard to like wrangle them with like one person you know so yeah. like and also it's a group yeah but it would probably not even just a group it would be like someone that they know and that they're afraid of i.e their stepdad i see what uh, you're saying you know so where it's like you like if you move i'm gonna shoot you and it or makes whatever sense i mean this is like whatever good parents, whatever say. Good parents yeah. say it's literally like a strict parent <laughs> well it's like he has to kill him because this is a stepdad. This child just saw him banging a group of dudes. Exactly. You can't have that kid telling the mom. Right. 
that's his line of thinking anyway. Right. And was he the child of the one with the worst injuries? Was Actually, no. Hmm. Who was the step? What was Byers a stepfather? Byers was the stepfather, and the Christopher Byers had the worst injuries. But the the severed penis thing could have could have been, been the turtle. The could have been the turtle. Yeah, but then yeah. they had, these other guys said that they saw him do it. Yeah. But they said that they saw him. Who can believe anybody yeah. nowadays? I don't fucking know, because like this is exhausting. But this, this are these guys already in jail? I don't know if they're already. I think they're in jail for like separate reasons. I think everyone in this story is in jail for some reason. Everyone here is a criminal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really pretty beyond. It's such like, it's sad from start to finish and from every angle. And also just the fact that that's, that was like these kids' lives, living with these terrible people. And yeah, well, every aspect well. of it is terrible. Horrible. Another feel good episode. <laughs> no, this was a rough one. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Two parter. You think? Hour 20. I think it's a two-parter. Could be. Or it could just be a real big one. Let's just do a real big one. Let's just fucking drop it. This is a real big one. All right. Oh, yeah. We're at...